You're listening to the John Stapleton Podcast. Good morning. Today we are getting into the book of Revelation. And if uh, for those of you that have been following me for the past few months, you might be like, wait, I thought you just did Revelation. You're going through it right now. You left off in chapter six. Uh, but I, as I was going through it, I realized I was doing like a verse by verse uh, exposition, explanation of the passages, and you just can't do that in Revelation that easily. Uh, when you get into those details, uh, even commentators that write like two pages on one verse will say, we don't know. Like there's just like a, a sentence for a lot of things. Um, and so I think the best way to go through Revelation in a way where we can glean something from it is to cover uh, larger portions of the book, and, and so we can see snapshots at the book uh, of the book. And so uh, each Wednesday, we'll be going through Revelation for the next few weeks. Let me read the beginning of Revelation to you, and then we'll talk about a few things to cover. And I'm hoping, by the way, this is not going to be a verse-by-verse exposition. I have some uh, high points that I want to talk to you about from uh, from the book, and I'm hoping that you're on your own time going back and reading it for yourself. But here is the passage. And let me get a different translation. Okay, so uh, I'm going to be reading from the New Living Translation of the Bible. Here's what it says. This is the revelation from Jesus Christ, which God gave him to show his servants the events that must soon take place. He sent an angel to present this revelation to his servant John, who faithfully reported everything he saw. This is his report of the word of God and the testimony of Jesus Christ. God blesses the one who reads the words of this prophecy to the church, and he blesses all who listen to his message and obey it. Obey what it says, for the time is near. So, few things I want to talk to you about. Revelation is a vision of Jesus Christ. A lot of you have a picture of Jesus that is weak and helpless. He's either a baby at Christmas or he's a helpless victim on the cross. Uh, but he's not a resurrected, powerful, living Savior. <laughs> but Revelation uh, wants to open, it opens with this vision. That's actually the end of chapter 1. Jesus in glory, Jesus in radiance, Jesus in power. Um Revelation is three genres. It is apocalypse, it's prophecy, and it's epistle. First, it's epistle. It's a letter, uh, much like Ephesians, Galatians, Corinthians, uh, chapters one through three function as a letter. Jesus has some specific things that he wants to say to local churches. It's also apocalypse. Uh, You're going to see a series of visions and a lot of weird things in those visions, and and that is from... uh, uh, a genre that we are not too familiar with because we just don't have that many uh, writings that fit that category. Uh, and then the purpose behind this apocalypse is prophecy. Jesus keeps saying that he is the one who was, is, and is to come. And that Jesus, uh, and, and I, I just read it, how he is revealing this revelation so that we can know the things that will soon take place. God cares about us. God cares about um, history and God knows where things are going. And so in compassion, God reveals elements of the future. Not everything that we want to know, but elements of it. And 
he's doing this to encourage struggling churches, struggling Christians. In the ancient Roman world, there was um, everyone had to acknowledge that Caesar was Lord. And if you didn't, you were an enemy of the state and you were locked out of your guild and you were locked out of certain opportunities. Living wasn't that easy for you. And so these people had to persevere and remain faithful to Jesus, even when it meant dying for him. And so I want to just share with you 10 things that we learned about Jesus from chapter one of Revelation. Uh, one, Jesus is outside of time. Um, he says that he's coming back soon. Now, in Second Peter chapter three, Peter says that a day is as a thousand years and a thousand years is as a day to God. Uh, and so God is outside of time rather than, um, you know, a, a timeline that that we're looking at. Um, these are places, locations where God is at present. He's in the past. He's in the present. He's in the future all at the same time. And it's so hard for us to grasp and get our mind around that because everything about us is defined by time. How old are you? Right. Like that's a time question. But God is outside of it. Number two, God reveals and blesses the one who reads the prophecy and obeys it. A lot of people don't want to touch Revelation because they think it's divisive and it's confusing and it's, you know, putting our like it's just pointless. So it's just, why is it in our Bible? Uh, John Calvin didn't even write a commentary on it. But let me say this. Do you want to be blessed? Do you want to know the future? Do you want to have a full understanding of reality? Then you should spend some time in Revelation. And let me just say this. You need to be biblically literate. Revelation is a remix of the Old Testament. So if you don't know the Old Testament that well, you're not going to understand Revelation. And we live in a day where um, everything is deconstructed. Faith, the Bible, the church. And when it comes to the Bible, I mean, you know, the thinking, it's, it's so easy to go down this rabbit hole. Oh, well, we don't need the Old Testament because that wasn't our covenant. Oh, you know. Paul, we, you know, we don't really like Paul because he was offensive and he wasn't, you know, his words aren't in red letter. So we're not going to really look at that. Well, you know, when Jesus was teaching, he was teaching half of the time to Jewish people. That doesn't really apply to us either. Before you know it, you, you can throw away the whole Bible. And, and so don't do that. Things were written for us, not to us. They were written to the ancient audiences for our, our, our application. And I, I'm, I'm, I'm adopting 1 Corinthians 10 when I say that. These things are written for our instructions, for our warning. Number three, Jesus cares about the local church. Jesus has words for the local church. We're going to get into it next week. But in chapters 2 and 3, Jesus writes to seven churches that are struggling. And he wants them to persevere. And so Jesus has a word for that church. He also has a word for all the churches because at the end of each letter, he says, let the one who has ears hear, heed what's being said. Number five, Jesus is co-eternal with the Father. He is the same as the Father. <laughs> He's the same. Number five, Jesus is the faithful witness. He's the one who lived his life in perfect submission to God. Number six, Jesus is the first to rise from the dead. You know, other people have died and they've risen from the dead. I'm thinking of the boy that Elijah rose from the dead in second, first Kings chapter 18 or 19. But I think it's 18. But they died again. 
Jesus rose Lazarus from the dead, and guess what? They killed him again. Jesus is the first to die, rise again, and never die again. And so in that sense, he is the firstborn among the dead. He's the firstborn among many others who's also, who's also going to rise to eternal life. Seven, Jesus rules over the nations. It calls him the king of the ruler of the kings of the earth. Some of you don't like to get political, but Jesus does. And Jesus seems to think that he has claim over everything that he created, and he does. Number eight, Jesus, Jesus is coming back and every eye will see him. We live in a day where this is actually possible. Like imagine Jesus breaking the sky open and everybody's live streaming it. It's very possible for every eye to see him. And those, listen, there are lots of opinions on Jesus. There are lots of, you know, well, you know, I don't, I don't think that. Well, yeah, I, think, I think you have a wrong interpretation. When Jesus comes back, everybody's going to have the right interpretation about all the major things that matter. Number nine, Jesus is now radiant in glory. And, and he has all authority. All authority. Jesus, before he rises into the sky in Matthew, Matthew's gospel, he's giving the Great Commission. He says, all authority has been given to me in heaven and on earth. So go make disciples and teach them to obey me. It's right there. Last one. Jesus made us a kingdom of priests. You know, in the book of Leviticus, there is a tribe set apart uh, specifically for um, you know, being priest, serving in the temple, attending to the matters of service to God. And we get to be the priests. We get to be the people that draw people into the kingdom. We get to be the intercessors. We get to give people the message that Jesus is coming back. And so, as we go through Revelation, I don't want you to be scared of it. It has a message, and it's written for our encouragement. And I think the sooner you realize that, the sooner you'll hop into the book. God bless. I'll see you next time.